Uber and Lyft scored a big victory in California with Proposition 22, which ensured that its drivers will remain classified as independent contractors. They're now taking the fight national, but is that a good thing? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is Derek Kerr, who covers the gig economy companies for CNN and has been all over this story for the last year. Welcome, Derek. Hi, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks for joining us. So to properly set the scene for our listeners, because not everyone is up to date on California politics, give us a quick refresher of what Prop 22 is and what it's going to do now that it's become law in California. Right. So Prop 22 is a ballot measure that was authored and sponsored by five gig economy companies, Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Instacart, and Postmates. And it was a response to a law that California passed a year ago that would essentially make gig workers uh, employees. And so rather than comply with that law, the companies put forward this and the, the ballot measure basically sidesteps that law. What do Uber and Lyft and these other gig economy companies say, you know, is their argument for why they should be exempt from that earlier California law? Yeah, there's a bunch of uh, reasons that they give. Um, one of them is that they the law shouldn't apply to them, that they're technology companies, um, they're not massive employers. Another one is that they say their their drivers and the gig workers don't want to be employees, so they're advocating on behalf of those people. Um, another reason is that this making their drivers employees could uh, really adversely affect the company's uh, financial prospects, which currently aren't good. DoorDash, Uber, and Lyft aren't profitable, and Instacart has shown some profitability, but it's it's minimal. Gotcha. What do the, the drivers say about this? You know, it's all over the map. And it's actually, it's pretty hard to get a clear answer. There hasn't been any um, widespread, unbiased polling of drivers. So most of the surveys and polls that we get have been funded by the companies. Um, and those that are independent don't tend to be scientifically based, like they don't have the the methodology that you need um, in a scientific poll. So, you know, the drivers that wanted to be employees are very vocal. They're the ones who helped get the California law passed. They hold protests. They have all sorts of networks on social media and a strong presence on Twitter. And they were really the driving force behind the, the California law. But Uber and Lyft were very uh, savvy in their messaging during the campaign, put out all sorts of paid-for studies and um, advertising by drivers saying that they really don't want to be employees. So as a common person, it's really hard to get a gauge on what the answer is to that question. Yeah, I've got a lot of friends and family who, who live in California. I'm from there. And I, and I talked to them about it just to get their pulse. And most of them ended up voting for Prop 22. And a lot of it was because they thought that was the that was the, the decision to make when you wanted to support drivers. And so the messaging, and let's be clear, they, these companies spent a fortune on the messaging for this. Um, it, you know, it, it was effective because folk clearly thought they were helping drivers out when they were voting for Prop 22. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your story and the fact that even before the elections, this last election, November, months before, these companies were gearing up for a campaign to basically take this national. What did, what did you find? 
Right. So this this kind of flew under the radar um, for quite a while because so much attention has been focused on California and California has kind of been seen as the, the template or like bellwether of what will happen nationwide. It's the fifth biggest economy in the world. You know, what happens here can lay the groundwork for what happens in the rest of the U.S. But the companies were already thinking ahead, um, whether they won in California or not, and had started to lay groundwork um, in other states. They are speaking with lawmakers and governors in various states. The companies won't um, specify which states they're working with, but there's indications that they may be in talks with New York and maybe in Illinois. So it's... Um, they have done a bunch of work along that front. Um, they've been emailing drivers in various states asking them to support their campaign. They have written white papers. They've done national polls to see what people think about keeping drivers um, classified as independent contractors. And then they, they kind of came public with this in March when the Uber CEO wrote a letter to President Donald Trump laying out um, this plan for what she calls the third way. And yeah, talk a little bit about the third way. What exactly is this? Yeah, so the third way, uh, the way the companies say spin it is that, you know, our labor laws are over 100 years old and there's it's time for an upgrade. And this it's a classification of worker that is neither independent contractor nor employee. So it's kind of a mix of the two. Um, it's those workers that just want to work maybe one or two hours a week and not have to, you know, speak to a boss. But they they shouldn't or they won't get the same types of benefits that employees have, like healthcare, sick leave, vacation time, minimum wage guarantees, all of that. So essentially, what was kind of outlined in Prop Twenty Two, right? Yeah, yeah. Prop Twenty Two is is a hundred percent this third way. And what Prop 22 offers is um, it offers a, an earnings guarantee that the companies say is $21 per hour. But a lot of economists think after um, expenses are taken out and if the, the amount of time drivers are working is really crunched, that they're not going to be making minimum wage. So there's still a lot of discourse around this and whether it's going to be good for drivers. Going national, it's obviously a, a much bigger deal than just doing this, focusing on one state. And in California, they spent, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, somewhere near $200 million on the yeah, Prop 20, million. $205 million on Prop 22. Going national, it's a much bigger deal. Uh, talk a little bit about you know the incoming president-elect, Joe Biden, and uh, vice president-elect Kamala Harris, uh, what their positions were on Prop 22, and, and just how much, um, how receptive this take will be with the incoming uh, White House administration? For Uber and Lyft, the Trump White House was very favorable to their position. The Department of Labor seemed to be heading in the way of saying gig workers should be classified as independent contractors. And the Biden win really throws that in a tailspin. Both Biden and Harris came out against Prop 22 they said it on Twitter. They urged voters to vote no on Prop 22, saying it decimated workers' rights. And they have released their plan for workers 
um, on their website called Empower Workers that has a whole section around gig workers and saying that they're being misclassified as independent contractors. So, um, you know, depending on how, how things go, the federal government could really place a damper on Uber and Lyft's plans. It's interesting that Harris would take that standpoint because she's from the Valley. She's, I know she's, you wrote about how comfortable she's got in terms of the relationships with Silicon Valley companies. Is that, is that a surprise or is that just because it's Democrat and that's sort of how Democrats roll with these uh, in this position? You know, I can't, I can't speak for her, but um, this definitely workers' rights has been a, a, campaign point that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren have ran on. And I think progressives were really hoping Harris would and Biden take that same torch. And and they definitely have. And it is with Harris, it's particularly interesting because her brother-in-law, who worked under the Obama administration, is the head lawyer for Uber and has been the kind of voice piece for keeping gig workers classified as independent contractors. And there's there's murmurs um, that he will be getting a position in the Biden Harris White House. So, you know, things things could really be up in the air. Um, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how things play out over the next few months. Definitely, and if the federal route you know doesn't go their way, I mean, you you've already sort of hinted at that they're talking to other states. Uh, do you think that they go state by state, or is that is that a strategy that spreads themselves too thin? Yeah, the experts I spoke to were kind of um, all over the map on that. They The state by state, you know, there's 50 states. That's a lot of work. They put $200 million into the California campaign. I mean, theoretically, not every state's going to be as difficult um, as California. It's a highly progressive state that's, like, very union strong. But uh, other people say, you know, the state by state way is the only way they're really going to be able to get a handle on this. All right. Well, thanks for your time, Dara. This is a fascinating story, and this is an issue that's not going away. You can check out her story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge. Send me a text message by signing up at 646-461-4291. Also, please subscribe and rate the show. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.